This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Inflation Reduction Act and bipartisan infrastructure law have provided billions of dollars to build out the relatively young and controversial carbon capture industry over the last year. That sector takes the greenhouse gas emissions from industrial sites and ships them via pipeline across numerous states to finally bury the gas in underground caverns. And now, with this new big influx of money, many of those companies are beefing up their lobbyist budgets, and the hired help is fairly bipartisan. So today we check in with Politico's Ben Lefebvre about what the industry hopes to accomplish by staffing up, the well-connected insiders who are being hired, and the unsettled politics behind carbon capture itself. It's Wednesday, October 5th. So Ben, you're reporting that the relatively young carbon capture industry is staffing up with lobbyists in a way we've really never seen before. So what's driving that? There's basically two things driving that, the bipartisan infrastructure law and the Inflation Reduction Act that all passed in the past year or so. This is, as you mentioned, kind of a relatively new industry. Companies like Exxon and Chevron just started kind of getting into carbon sequestration in a business sense a short while ago. The technology has been around for a while, but it, you know, no one had figured out a way to make it pay. But those two laws started putting in, I think it's like $12 billion for direct assistance to carbon capture projects, plus it expanded a tax credit that companies say actually makes it worth a company's while to put carbon dioxide into the ground. Now that they basically got a invitation into the big times, I guess, as far as public policy is concerned, they decided they need to get more lobbyists at the table to make sure kind of like things continue to go towards the industry's way. Interesting. And specifically, you're reporting that companies looking to build carbon dioxide pipelines are pouring hundreds of thousands of dollars into their lobbyist budgets. So what are they hoping to see from that money? What are they hoping to accomplish? Well, it's not just the pipelines. Some of the companies are doing a pipeline that would connect ethanol producers that emit a lot of carbon dioxide, you know, connect those to basically underground caverns in other states. North Dakota is a big one for that. The company would then pump the gas under the ground and bid to kind of keep it stored there. So they'll kind of benefit from both the direct payments and from that tax credit, which goes to companies that pump the gas underground. What they're hoping to accomplish, this was especially true a couple of weeks ago when we had all that fervor about Joe Manchin's permitting reform bill. They want to make sure that as there seems to be appetite on both sides of the aisle to do something to make it easier to permit large infrastructure projects, that they get a voice in the matter. So they're staffing up. And also on the local level is where a lot of the staffing up is going because states like Iowa, big ethanol producer, and Illinois, state regulators are going to increasingly come into the picture as these companies are trying to route their pipelines to take the gas to the caverns. So they've got a lot of local regulators they've, they've got to deal with too. So you're seeing a lot of this money go towards hiring four or five lobbyists per state for some of these projects. Gotcha. And also in your reporting, you found that the lobbyists who are being hired include some well-connected political insiders. Some of those names are interesting. So who are some of these people? So a company called uh, Summit 
Carbon Solution. They're a subsidiary of the Summit Agriculture Group. They've hired as their vice president and general counsel, Jess Vilsack, who's the son of the Biden administration's agriculture secretary, Tom Vilsack. Tom Vilsack's been a big proponent of ethanol for a long time, and his son seems to be getting into the game company that would basically try to connect those ethanol plants to carbon capture uh, technologies and underground burial. The other one that someone hired is kind of interesting is I couldn't find anyone who saw there was a precedent for this, but they hired a guy named Dan Lederman, who is, as of now, the chairman of South Dakota's Republican Party. A lot of times you see this revolving door stuff going on uh, with lobbying groups where they'll hire like a former lawmaker or, you know, a, a former aide to a lawmaker. And there's plenty of that going around. But in this case, Lederman is actually currently the head of the Republican Party, you know, where the state legislature is very heavily Republican. Um, so there were a lot of concerns brought up on that. So that was some of the others. But a lot of these also had kind of your run of the mill, you know, revolving door candidates. There does seem to be like there's a lot of money going around and they're hiring up as much people with, with as many political connections as they can get. Yeah, that's interesting that the lobbyists are bipartisan. So what does that tell us about the unsettled politics of the carbon capture industry? Well, lobbying shops usually try to keep some things bipartisan. You'll even see that a little bit in the oil and gas industry. But I think it's more pronounced in this carbon capture part of things because this issue, it has detractors and proponents on both the right and the left. Republicans will like it because it's something that oil companies are getting into because they'll say it's just kind of another natural outgrowth of their own business. If they pump the oil and, you know, they can hire themselves out to companies that are burning oil and gas to kind of get rid of the emissions. Some Democrats will say they like it because it brings down greenhouse gas emissions. And they'll say that's the whole point of battling climate change. But you also get some progressive Democrats who have really come out against carbon capture saying it's not a proven technology, but also this is just a way to kind of keep oil and gas companies profitable, even you know if demand for their product goes down. And you'll even see some conservative Republicans come out against it because they don't like that some of these companies are using eminent domain to take land away from property owners in these rural states. Some of these property owners will say, I don't want a pipeline on my land, but the company will be able to use eminent domain to take it away. And that really gets in the craw of some conservatives in the states. So you'll, you'll see where these companies are having to hire lobbyists from both sides of the aisle to kind of make whatever they think will be the most persuasive case for local regulators. Also, Virginia's Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, wants his state to bet big on nuclear power. According to his new 2022 energy plan, Virginia would have the nation's first small modular nuclear reactor facility open in the southwest corner of the state within the next 10 years. The plan would also support investments in technologies like hydrogen, along with carbon capture and storage. At the same time, Youngkin criticized the Virginia Clean Economy Act, the state's 2020 landmark law that sets ambitious clean energy targets. And his plan renews his attacks on the regional greenhouse gas initiative, which he has already vowed to withdraw his state from. Still, it's also unclear how much appetite there will be among state lawmakers to alter the clean economy law, especially among the Democratic-controlled state Senate. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron. 
the human energy company. Energy demand is on the rise. That's why Chevron plans to increase its oil production by 15% over 2021 levels in the Permian Basin, all while continuing to reduce both carbon and methane emissions intensities. Learn more at chevron.com slash Permian Production.